This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. This week we've got an international special, one of the biggest weeks in Scottish football in a long, long time, so we've got the best, the best we can get. Mark Wilson's, Mark Wilson's subbed out, he's done a Steve Clark and made, a, made an arse of it. So this week we're joined by Shankers, who's back as usual. Shankers, how we doing? Aye, good. Brilliant. Good. As I say, Mark Wilson's done a, done a sub, he's made an arse of it. So this week we're joined by the next best Mark, Mark Roberts. How are we the doing? Next best mark than him. The <laughs> second best mark in the zone. By the way, you've actually just made me third bestie. I reckon the character's the boxing arm. That's the arm of the fuck out here. Jesus. How are we doing? What's happening? But how's, how's life at Troon? I got injured last week in the warm up, so uh, I'm moving back. <laughs> you've become. Uh, you've become. Paul the old calf. 45 year old man with a sear calf. I mean, just you know, I take the wee calf. You've become the cult hero of this show. Like every week, there's always something comes up about you. Every week, you're the cult hero now. That's, I don't know if I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's for the right, the right or wrong reasons, but we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what Travis has got to say tonight. Brilliant. <laughs> as we've touched on as well, we're joined this week as well by a very special guest. Former Ayr, former Queen's Park, former Breakin, and the, the man currently at Alloa, Alan Troughton. Alan, pleasure to have you on, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Well, thank you, Scott. Thanks for inviting me, and it's good to have some familiar faces on with me. What's the uh, memories are, are these two? It's... Yeah, it's great memories. Uh, we had a good changing room at the time at Earl, so I not remember pause. It was a bit, a bit Mark and Mark. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your tongue in your cheek? <laughs> Mate, I need to watch what I'm saying with you, aren't it? Brilliant. But we'll, we'll start off where I think we, we rightfully should start off. Scotland have done it. 22 years. They finally reached a major tournament in my lifetime. Shankers, we'll start with you. Like, how, how big is that for? What was your thoughts and takeaways for the game and how nerv- nervous was it? Uh, I, I, I wasn't really nervous. I thought Scotland were in control most of the game, which I thought I didn't think, think they would be. I thought Serbians were a lot of uh, Serbia's got a lot of talent players. I didn't think uh, it would be as comfortable as it, as it was. Obviously, it was a perfect 89 minutes and then just a lack of concentration uh, cost Scotland uh, to go into extra time. But I thought they did deserve it in the 90 minutes overall. Mm-hmm. Mark, were you surprised with the way Steve Clark set up? No, I think pretty much that was it. I think the only, the only change in the team I would have had in there was McKenna for Gallagher, but he obviously knows his stuff. So that's why he played the big box because Gallagher was brilliant. Uh, but I think the team kind of picked itself for me. But listen, for Shankar's right, for most of the game, the Scotland were totally in control. Just for about 20 minutes to go, they, they started letting too many crosses come around the box. And they started to cause us, especially for Andy Roberts inside, and they were causing us a wee bit of, a few too many problems. But they were comfortable for most of the game. And then Big McTominay switches off, picks up probably the guy in the pitch at the time, and, and then they score for it. But at that point, I think penalties was the only way we were going to get through. Because I think... The subs. It's strange when you when you see how positive everybody is, and it was it's brilliant. Listen, we were all excited about it, we were all delighted. But I think if it went the other way, Steve Clark has went for a national. He's a national hero right now. But see if it, if it hadn't worked out the way he did, he would have got just out for the three substitutions. He definitely would have. So that's the fine lines in football. Mm-hmm. But listen, we're there, and listen, it's been twenty two years, a long time, and 
listen, I remember the last time I, I grew up watching the Scotland in major tournaments, so it's it's great to get to get them back there. And I've already got the hotel room booked. Tickets are nearly guaranteed. I'll probably get locked in. So, no, it's, it was a great night. Listen, even after you, you hear the interview as well, the, the guys and there's, there's tears in their eyes and all that. It shows you what it means to them and the way things have been doing this in the world, was, and especially in Scotland, it was great to get that wee, that wee boost and that smell on everybody's face for once. Definitely. Alan, what did you, as Mark said about the subs, like, what did you think when they brought the subs on? Were you, kind of, were you getting a bit nervous? Well, we were, we were training, Scott, so Alan has seen the penalties. Uh, okay. So what I've heard and seen for the highlights, uh, then Scotland did look very comfortable until maybe they made the subs, but that's in hindsight. If the subs come on and see what they give it one 0 then that's not right. really mentioned. But uh, my bag is absolutely delighted. But I don't get why Marshall's getting so much praise. He saved a penalty. He's a goalie. Big daft goalie, but he saved a pen. You only say one. Keepers are there for a reason. Do your job. Save the ball. He's done it. So well done. Everybody else has scored. That's a hard bit, and he's getting all the praise. Should never be the case in football. Never ever should a goalie get praise like that. Trout's goalkeepers just stand there all day, but kid on the tired and all that, and then exactly. the shot comes to the heroes. Nah, no. <laughs> Incredible, mate. Incredible. Yeah. You dive the right way and the ball hit you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a song about him now. Fuck hero. But I agree. Great night to me. Attention to yourself as well. Be looking at the referee. I was like, just, just celebrate. It was baffling, but like. How do we kind of hang? Like, do they? We'll touch on. We've got the questions coming up later on the show, and a few people have touched on it. But how how much will they fancy their chances getting into that group? Who are you asking? Thanks for that tough one. Whoever wants like to the check game, the Czech game, you need to win. I think, don't you? And then you've got England, who will be favourites up there with Croatia, two two very good teams. But get a get a victory against the Czechs, and then the the three out of the four go through. So. You've got aye, half a chance aye. if you won one game. I think Portugal, they won it, didn't they? They drew three in the group stages. Aye, that's right, yeah. The, the year they won it, they, they drew the three games and threw with three points. And I think they only won one game in 90 minutes to win the tournament. I'm not saying Scotland's got a chance of doing that. But I think if you get a positive result against the Czechs, then gives yourself half a chance anyway to get through that group stage when you've got the, the three teams out of four progressing. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask you as well, just who was, who's was your man of the match? Like, you just can't answer the same, so... I'm going to go for, I thought the best player in the park all night was Declan Gallagher. I was at, Wilson touched on it last week. I thought I, he he kind of made a wee point that the two Motherwell boys were a bit kind of shaky, but I thought Declan Gallagher was absolutely sensational. Just his performance. I thought, thought, thought Lyndon Dykes. Yeah, I think Dykes it was is the hardest position to place. He was striker with a butt to the goal and playing probably self. I know Christie was floating, floating off him, but the way Scotland play, like long balls up, see, so try to hold it. Black cones and that, it, it's the hardest position to play, especially a big game like that. And he's he's no get massive international experience or that either. So I thought I thought he was a standout for me. No, I've got to go with Shan because on that, listen, there's no else in the park that's better than him. He was Aye. to play your back to play your back to goal so difficult. And do you know what? He bullied he bullied two big strong centre halves. They couldn't handle him. It, Scotland have to realise that they kind of get the ball and pass it back and play and, and, and try to play the way Belgium play or France play or Spain play. They can't do that. Go to play it for strengths. We look a better team and now we've got somebody up front there that can, that can make us play that way. Every ball went up there, he won the flicks. I would just like to have seen Christie and, and McGinn get a wee bit closer or even Dykes win the, win the ball nearer their box. So when we did pick up, we can maybe get a shot away. But Listen, he was brilliant. He won, he won every header. He was taking the ball in. He was getting fouls for us. I, I just thought he was outstanding. And this is a guy who's only played maybe 
four or five what, international games. Aye. Uh, he's playing with Livingston last season and Queen of the South the season before. It just shows you it's a kind of meteoric rise for him. And listen, I don't think QPR's as high as he can go. I think he can go and play in the Premiership in England because he's his physical attributes. He was he's different class. He's not the greatest finisher on the planet, but he's a mass he's a big handful for players and set has a great playing against him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Alan, who was your man of the match? Well, as I said before, I've only seen the pens. I'm just more shocked that Shaq wasn't an event for Ryan Jack, the only Rangers player on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew it would be no Celtic players again, man, I'm actually. So he's went for, all right, who else isn't a Celtic player? So, I, <laughs> uh, so as I say, I can't really comment on man of the match, but... Uh, Marshall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he played with Shad because he played with Celtic, they Chad. A brilliant day, brilliant night, one of the best nights I can remember following Scotland. But uh, we'll move on, we'll touch on the Betfred Cup quickly, Alan. I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't, I've not <clears> even <throat> seen the draw, so I don't, I don't know who, who's, who's got who, but I'm sure Shankers will fill me in with that. Just a wee t- just touch on who went through. Hearts went through at a group A. B, Dundee and Hibs. C, St. Johnson get through. Dundee United missed out. D, Ross County and both qualified. E, Dunfermline and Falkirk, which meant Kilmarnock missed out. So, Mark will be raging. <laughs> well, a shambles for the start and then COVID got them. So. F, again, Mark will be buzzing. A, United are through. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, G, St. Marin qualified. And Alan's team, Alawa and Livingston get through at a group H. Alan, just touch on like your the Alan's campaigns through the groups. Just how hard was it, and how glad I used to be through. Yeah, we're delighted to get through. I think it's the first time since two thousand sixteen the club's been through the group stages, and I've seen I've seen we got a uh, I think we fought Hearts, and then okay, I joined, okay, which is obviously a good tie against a very difficult team. But with, it's another it's another game against a team in the league. Do you know what I mean? It's probably one that you're you're not wanting. Because uh, you're already playing them the three times this season, so it's been good to get somebody different. But it's it's a team in the league, so we'll, we'll win the conference. But the full campaign, uh, we started with Airdrie, our first game back, and we'd only played two pre-season friendlies, uh, and that was obviously after the, the the months off. So it was a difficult period. We won that two 0 I thought we were pretty good that night. We we won yeah. that pretty comfortable, and then we went to Levy, and we were excellent first half. We were one 0 up, and then and then Levy turned it on, scored two early goals at the start of the second half and then they battled the second half to be honest. And then we made we made a few changes for the Edinburgh game and we managed to win uh, it was 2-1 I think we ended up winning the, the end up and then yesterday we made I think we made eight changes for Friday night. So all the boys were getting game time and then we were two 0 down. We were battered, absolutely battered first half yesterday. And I said to a couple of the boys that I think uh, Steny would have been the unhappier team at half time even though they were winning two 0 uh, they should have been out of sight. I thought the game should have been done at half time. But once we got the, the first goal in the second half, uh, then we were we were well in control. We went on to we went pretty convincingly for two in the end. So uh, it was a great comeback yesterday and it was big for us as players and as the club to, to get into that next round. So that's in the last sixteen in a national cup final. So anything can happen in a one off game. So we're delighted to be in there. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Marco, just want to touch on Kumarlock quickly with you. Like how big a how big a blow is that for Kumarlock to miss out? I think they knew they'd missed eight weeks ago, especially right. when they got the first game. They lost, uh, they lost it in the first game against Falkirk during the COVID situation. Uh, then they played Dunfermline, and Dunfermline, there was like men against boys to a certain extent. No, in terms of an age thing, because Dunfermline actually had a, a younger average age that night that they played Kilmarnock. 
Uh, but Kelly played a lot of the boys that had, had never played before. I think four or five made debuts that night. And but the difference between that is the guys were the same age, but the Dunfermline players had, had already played first team football, right. and and they, they were too strong for them in the end. And they won three 0 So come on, knew that they were they were out after that game anyway. So. Uh, aye, so they were just we put their last two games against Clyde and Dumbarton yesterday was just about confidence building and getting French players a game some game time and getting them fit so, so at the end of the day it's come on and going to win that cup the likelihood is no uh, they just need to concentrate and, and get back to form in the league because uh, they've stuck a wee bit in the last few weeks so again Alex Dyer will not be overly bothered about it when you think definitely Shankers just like as well like obviously the kind of, I've not even seen the draw yet, so I don't know. Have you seen the drawing? But it's the kind of ties that stand out. Uh, none of them. <laughs> no, <I'm good>. <laughs> <laughs> They're all crap. Uh, aye. <laughs> uh, no, I'm struggling for one that stands out. Because see, because it's seeded and unseeded, you're not really getting like yeah a big team against each other till the, till the next round. Uh, Celtic at home. Eh? Ross County Rangers are away to Falkirk. Aye, usual one. That's yeah. right. Uh, aye, Rangers away to Falkirk. Livingston uh, home to Ayr. St Mern at home to Aberdeen. Hibs at home to Dundee. I don't know how that works out because they just played each other in the group there. I don't know. Yeah, I thought if you were in the same group, you couldn't play against each other. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I broke the Dunfermline and then obviously all of our hearts. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. Uh, Motherwell St Johnson as well. That's all SPL one. That'll probably get get a TV just because it's uh, two SPL teams. Same as Dundee United St Johnson. Aren't they? That was absolutely honking. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, Mother St Johnston will be better. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, that's we'll look at the better Fred Cup, and we'll sure we'll be touching the better Fred Cup later on. But uh, we'll move on to our special guest, Alan Troughton. Just a pleasure to have you on, mate. Thanks very much for doing it. It's been a funny career, isn't it? It's been starting off at <laughs> just how was your days like in Morton to begin with? Uh, I was only there as a, a young boy, Scott. Uh, it's just doing the YTS, you're just doing all the jobs. But that was one of the boys will tell you, that's one of the most enjoyable time in your career. Yeah, just a, a, young lot boy, folks, a lot of folks say that, aye. Aye, and it was entertaining, you had Dean Keane in there. Uh, but I, I knew Dino for growing up and playing the same team. So <laughs> every day with Dino, uh, Shankers and Marco can understand what that would be like. So aye, <laughs> you're just getting in, you were doing your jobs, but it was just it was just a laugh and a carry on. And then you played, you played your football, you done your training, and then I don't know, laugh, carry on, then you were up the road. So, Morton was was good. There was a, they were doing well at the time. Although they were in the lower divisions, they were doing well. Had a good side. And then when a cowboy came in, there was only a a first team, a reserve team. There's no youth team when when he came in. So we had a massive squad, and at that time. Uh, I was just wanting to play games. You're playing all week, and you didn't, even, as I said, didn't even have a youth team game to play in. So I was like, I just want to play football. I, I enjoyed training that, but I'd rather be playing at the end of the week. The boys, first team boys, were playing rightly so. Then uh, the Saturday, and then the other ten or eleven that never played uh, were playing the reserves. So you were maybe getting twenty minutes a week, and for me, I had no interest in that. Dino, Dino loved it. <laughs> he would rather carry on no play at the weekend, especially when he was younger. <laughs> I was perfect for him. It suited him, so he didn't need to show his ability at the weekend. 
<laughs> uh, but I, he loved seeing on a professional football, and I, he done, he done well. So uh, I was happy to, to move on and get to Queens Park and mm-hmm. start a youth team there, and then play some games. Mm-hmm. But what was your memories like at Queens Park? Like the big game was obviously be beating Aberdeen in the League Cup. But what was the kind of big memories you have for there? Well, that was another one. That changing room, we were all kind of similar ages. You had a few more that were experienced, but we were all kind of similar ages and very, very good players that went on to have good careers. Uh, so we were all kind of pals. Uh, you were at your training the two nights a week, and then on Saturday, and then you'd all meet up Saturday night, and then in the town, and then at the end of the year, four or five years in a row, we'd all all get four or five days away in Magaluf. So that was that was the best times. Uh, as I say, some cracking boys, but some very very good players. And the biggest highlight was obviously beating Aberdeen in, in penalties, and I was lucky enough to score the winner that night. Mm-hmm. Who were the characters in that team? Oh. There's loads to mention. Steve Riley. There's a few stoters in that, that dressing room, by the way. <laughs> aye, aye. But as I say, boys for all this, so Steve Riley, big Tony Quinn, Stevie Cannon, then you'd let Paul Kerr, Marco will tell you about Paul Kearney, one of the <laughs> daftest boys you could ever meet. The only guy that could turn out at a day session at two o'clock in the afternoon and start by drinking vodka out of shoe. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that, and he'd be like, what a tano, and he would just down vodkas, and he, he couldn't handle his drink here, Marco, but he would remember, be steaming so early. Remember the, remember the PFA night when he was nominated? Aye, when, he, when he'd sing for this and get blown back to Queen's Park? Aye, we were in, we were in Barbuda in Socky Hall Street, and uh, uh, so Will goes, let's go up, the thing didn't start till like half seven, eight o'clock at night, so let's go up early, maybe about one, two o'clock, we'll be the first ones out, go out there, Kearney, couldn't even chew his fingernails. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh, mangled. Worst, and by the way, and he was up for an award, but he, he had a wee chance of winning it. I, I, I was so hoping he'd won it that night. <laughs> yeah, that would have been hilarious, mate. I, I, I'd left and went to Clyde, but me and uh, Kets, Stuart Kettlewell, we had went back out with the Queen's Park boys, so we met up with them, so we went with them, and Kearney was always up there. So we were out with him, and he'd like, by the time he'd left, he'd lost his bow tie, he'd dropped tomato sauce down his white shirt, and as Marcus <laughs> says, he was up for the wall, and it would have been absolutely priceless if he'd had to make a speech. <laughs> the wee man, wee man struggles to speak when he's sober. I the time. <laughs> but when he's, when he's steaming, oh my God, he, you'd have needed subtitles, and he would have spat more than Harry Kane in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane and Andy Marenghi. Yeah, can I tell you a story about uh, you Kearney, right? He, he just came for Queen's Park, right? So, and then he got loaned back to us. But so we went in a night out, and we were out in the West End one night. So, then, so we were just, I think it was his birthday. So we're in the toilet, me and David Rouse are in the toilet, and then I, but then I pee in the wee cubicle bit. And you know how you get the wee, the wee kind of things that looks like mints? <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there. So, so they're all sitting in there, and I'm like, do we use that, or do we use that? And there was a glass sitting. So we peed in the glass, right? Took it out to him and says, Kearney, happy birthday, wee man. Got your long vodka, get it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like, <laughs> but he didn't even just take a sip, he took a massive gulp and then he just spat it out and he went, he, honestly, he was throwing punches and everything, man. It was great. <laughs> he was away him greeting that day, it was a bloody shame. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a great lad, though, he is a great boy. Great, great man, but good player to you, Trouts. Aye, very good, very good. At Queen's Park, like, we used to have these. It was uh, they had just got new gear. It was Joma, so it was like these three quarter lengths, and we clearly loved training in them. And they had uh, zips on them. The wee man used to train with his uh, mobile in his pocket, 
And he'd be at the end, he'd be at the end of the queue at a passing down, he'd be texting people. <laughs> <laughs> but as Marco said, what a player, so much ability, but just nothing between the ears. And I mean, on had a good moves, good careers at uh, Hibs and stuff, and then at Kelly, but just uh, nothing between the ears, or else he would have he'd have played for longer. I don't even think he's playing fitness, anymore, is he? No, his fitness was a massive, but see if he kept himself in shape and kept himself slim. He would have had a much better career because he did get, get good moves with it. Yeah, he did, uh, eh? he, just, he just let his soul go too much, but talented, talented boy, but yeah. it's brain dead yeah. as it come. <laughs> Chankers, he makes you look like somebody that works with NASA. We'll move on to your days at Clyde and Airdrie. Like, what's the kind of stories for there? Ah, that. What was after uh, Clyde and Airdrie? Where's next? Go to them. <laughs> Go to there. Clyde, Clyde was uh, signed there after doing all right Queen's Park and then was there a year and it was a, a long year under John Brown uh, fighting relegation and just it's one of the ones somebody signs you and tells you how they want you to play and off came and watched you and then they sign you and there couldn't be any further for the truth the right one to play to be honest uh, for training we were told to wear screw-ins if somebody was playing in front of you you were to go and smash them show him that you wanted to play in front of them and there was boys rolling about constantly in training it was just it was madness like we never there was a bad winter and we never seen a ball for like two or three weeks we were up to his mate had a, a big mansion up at Jackton near the, the police college so we trained up there and he had a boxing gym so we used to do boxing training and then get flung in the flung in the ring like you spar with him. Don't punch above above waist eh, above the neck, but just go for it. And that that'd be what I trained for two or three weeks and be looking at each other like, what the fuck is this? And then lo and behold, we, we get relegated to the thought it, huh? Eh? Believe that. <laughs> but so that, so that wasn't great. Wasn't great. But some cracking boys like Gary McSwiggin was there, great guy. Very, very nice guy. Still bump into him now and then he's doing his agent. So he yeah, got a few texts off Swiggy about players and then like, like Billy Gibson and stuff. Uh, Billy was for you uh, Thistleway, Billy Marco. Billy, aye, who big lip. He's lip used to be a lippy. <laughs> big Lego head. Ah, um, no, great guy. Great guy. Yeah, uh, very very good player as well. So I saw so that was probably the best part about it, was the, the bunch of boys. Uh, and then Airdrie Airdrie was similar last signed and we were in been League One. Uh, when I signed and then I think it was the Gretna thing so yeah. within I think it was maybe a week or 10 days before the season started we get put up to the championship so that was that was a uh, hard and tough we'd signed uh, a team I think we'd only we'd signed a, a small squad to maybe compete and win the league below but when we were put up at last minute we, we did struggle we tried to get more players in and they gave it a good go and we ended up going down in the playoffs uh, we get beat by breaking yeah. So that was a, another disappointing season. Right? But we move on to air, and I just want to bring you all in on this. Just what are the, what are the kind of memories for the days? I'll start with you, Sean, because what was the... What's the kind oh, of, I was... What? When, when I made my debut there at the end of the season, but I think that was just like a token gesture. They, they were already in the playoffs and that. It was like the rest, like, uh, the bigger players, like uh, Marco and... And can't even remember who else was there. That was the biggest. That was that. Just the ball. I but I I made my debut then, but it was just kind of a young 15, 16 kind of training, and 
and that, and obviously when the team's doing so well going for the playoffs, you're, you're not really going to get a sniff at that age. Which but you're not too busy getting into Liverpool and trying things like that. You're <laughs> <laughs> just hanging about the cop. <laughs> <laughs> right, that worked out all right. We're <laughs> 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 looking at Aye, but, but how good a move is that for you, Alan, to get in there? Um, obviously, the, the camaraderie was, is there for all to see now, but what was. How good was a move was that for you? I was delighted at times, Scott. Absolutely delighted because, uh, as I said earlier, I'm very, very good friends with Dino. So Dino was there, and I'd spoke to him. He'd said Big Reedy was interested, so uh, managed to get down there, and then, and then I enjoyed it uh, at the time. At the start, anyway, I enjoyed it uh, with some, some, uh, some good players. Uh, Marco being being the best for my own, we're there, and then we got more uh, Christmas time. <laughs> Uh, Moth came in trial in pre season actually. I'm sure he played with Garvin Juniors. Aye, that's right. And uh, we, went and we went down to Annan for a pre season game. And we get, we get two men sent off. And, well, uh, we what stand, who's, who started with that, remember? I remember we stand get sent off for the slot and John Beaton over a throw in. That was it. And then, and then Mr. And then, get involved. Aye, and then so we are. So we were walking off the park at half time to go down to Annan in like the, the dressing rooms, you could you could hardly fit one person in the tunnel. So I'm just coming off the pitch and Dino's like, get my back. And I'm like, what? That get my back? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I just see him charging and he goes for the boy Cox. <laughs> What's going on? So the full two teams are getting off on that rather. So the ref Hank comes in, sends Dino off. So that's us down to nine men, pre-season friendly. Nine men for the second half. Coxie, I think, gets sent off as well. And then sitting next, and so Reedy's went off, he's not said he's back, and then Dino's back to me. That's your fault. Like, what the fuck that? You went by him in the first half and he kicked him, he made me angry, so I just had to work past the time go for him. <laughs> but that was like the start, so I think we get, we get absolutely battered. I think it was about, was it 4 0 or 4 1 or something to get battered, Marco? Uh, I, big, big, I was a sub that day. I think we played like three games in quite a short space of time, and Big Reedy said to me, 29 men start the second half, goes, hey, I'm going to pick you on. I was like, fly, so you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to stand up front myself, yeah, if you're not. You never came to Newcastle after that, did you? Uh, no, 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 that's no. not. You went straight after that game, didn't you? Uh, we, we had one of the wee money buses, uh, Malky Boyle dropped the money bus. Moff went, didn't he? Yeah, I, so, I, Moff, so Moff was in trial, so <coughs> Moff came, we'd only been in maybe a couple of sessions, and then when we went to Newcastle, Bonkers on the money bus got there. Night out, me and Dino sharing a room, woke up in the morning and the room was just smashed to pieces. Anything that could have been smashed was smashed. At one point, Moth was trying to get, get the TV out the window. But luckily enough, the latches, because it was a hotel, they must have done like security latches on that you couldn't open. So you couldn't, so that was the only reason the telly didn't go out the window. Yeah, I remember Dino picking up this fan and just tossing it off uh, the door. So that was smashed all the floor. Every light was booted out. So we've got up in the morning, like, like hung over, like, oh, no. So we've kept quiet, but Malky was the, well, the kit man stroke uh, coach. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> he was so excited to be away with the boys. So when they got to the head, we got to, I was going to say hotel, we got to the Premier Inn or whatever, we were staying in, and the woman says, oh, I need a credit card for a deposit. 
So as I went to each other, I went, no chance. <laughs> Malky's all excited. He's like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. Like, ah, brilliant. So he put his credit card on it. So we were giving fake names, signing in or whatever, so nothing can, can get traced back to us. So I say in the morning, everything's smashed. And then Malky, <laughs> I think Kenny Conley was there, so Kenny didn't drink at the time. So he's driving the minibus back up the road at the time. So me and Dino are the only two drinking on the way home. Cans up, I think with cans or whatever, lager. All over the roof of the minibus, and Malky's getting off his nut. Watch these are them with their beers. They are no ball, Malky. Dino starts emptying his bag of clothes down the motorway, just tossing them out the window. <laughs> Dino sucks. His own clothes, not bothering, just tossing his gear out the window. So we're in stitches. So we've walked in, we've stopped off, then to get fuel. So fueled up, even in, got an cargo back on, and then Malky's phone goes. So we are sitting, Ash, what's he saying? And you can see him getting angry. What? what? What do you mean? What? And then his classic statement was, what do you mean the fan was obliterated? So <laughs> as soon as he said that, we've just burst out laughing. And Malky's raging and we are giving it, like, just half cut Ash up and wash my slog. He's not that face in front. And he's just getting angrier and angrier. Uh, great, great start to the afternoon, that. Uh, I think we all get fined in the Monday night. <laughs> Big greedy was fuming, called a team meeting. But, uh, that's, well, the first, that's the first time I've delighted to know you're going on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you'd enjoyed it, Marco. I know, when I, when I, I remember coming into train the Monday and it was like, you were all tail between your legs and all that. Look at me, boys, mate. Go uh, to the teacher's office. For the first time in my life, I'm sitting there going, ah, brilliant, I'm not involved. <laughs> 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 I'm not a disgrace gaffer and all that. They're out all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but very enjoyable. That was a good is that how I'm off never get signed the summer because somebody told Reedy what he was like in the night out? No, I think I think it was because Gordon wanted a bag of balls or something and he had to pay for them. That <laughs> <laughs> was incredible how he never signed, I don't know. Uh, as soon as we seen that side of him off, we were like, get him in, he'll fit in well at this club. Marco, how, how good a player was Alan when he first came in? Did you see how good he was? Trout's brilliant. I said it was. I, I loved playing with Trout. He was. It was perfect for me because he would. He, he played. You played right midfield, didn't you? The four. <laughs> I mean, aye, for some and, reason. And I, I. And but you were still so comfortable. You getting and just played around the corner and come and get it off. You. Scott McLaughlin was the exact same. It was perfect for me as a striker because I couldn't run away from anybody. But I knew they would always play the ball in the corner. And I was. I'd always get it and go and link. Even in in training, we. Trouts, remember me, you and Scotty. Big V they used to pick the teams, right? Used to do it like because if you were on a tens, you'd go one. Two, one, two, <laughs> one, two. So whatever numbers, like, just see, I was one, Trouts was two, Scott was two. They two would just come in my team and we'd just put all the young boys together. Because all we would do was just pass each other. Remember Prongage? <laughs> Prongage. We used to just call Prongage. Me, Trouts and Scotty, we wouldn't pass the MDLs a pair for each other. And we were, honestly, we just used to tell them to have shreds. And then Ryan McCann would try to get involved in that line. You're shit, Peter. <laughs> You kind of like, oh, all he wanted to do was run into the corner with the ball and just start holding folk half and kicking it half each in there. Trouts was class. He was class. He still is class, to be fair. And the one thing I'll say, I he's on here, but I would say if he wasn't, there's so many players that play in the lower leagues, like whether it's Championship, League One or whatever, that I can't believe has never went and played long, long term in the Premier League. And Trouts is one of them. Technically very good. Brilliant brain. Best penalty taker in the history of the world, Burton Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is hard to say, to be fair. But, uh, no, listen, I, I just think it's a shame that you played at the level you have for, for so long. I think you should have played higher up. But sometimes you don't get the, the rub of the green sometimes, you know, in the right place at the right time. And, and that's what happens. But you definitely should have played higher up. Mm-hmm. Shankers, what memories have you got, Alan, when he was there? 
Well, as I said, I was I was pretty young, so I was only maybe going to training and stuff like that, and and maybe an odd game, maybe the the nineteenth man or whatever at odd game. So it's it's very very vague. I can't really can't really say too much on it, to be honest. Trouts, make the time. Oh, I have to come back for Edinburgh. I mean, you were drinking after shave. Mean Moth. Mean Moth or up the back. Moth said, said to ask you about that. Yeah, I know. That's because it was the toys. It was Moth's or Manny Code. We were waiting. There was a shoot at the bar. There's a cute at the bar and then Moth went into, his, went into his bag for some reason. And then his toilet bag, he had a bottle of Manny Code and the toys are looking at it. And I says, there's alcohol in this, right? Try it. Taking <laughs> <laughs> shots after shit. Just, just, just while we were waiting on somebody going to the bar. Aye, that was, that was the Sunday after that. I feel that was, that was hilarious after the Sunday win, especially from when we just started in the morning and then we were drinking after shave about six o'clock at night. It was like, wow, what's going on here? And I, listen, uh, that was the big I was the biggest lunatic in the world, honestly, but it was great when you see when clowns like you used to use your hands like that. It was great. I, I just feel mature for once. <laughs> mature? Do you remember the last time I met you in one up? No, that was not that night. I <laughs> <laughs> good to see you matured by then anyway. <laughs> but let's let's move on to like when just I'll touch on it quickly, just when you come back to your second time, like obviously Mark would left and Ian McCall was the manager. Just how like how good was Ian McCall for you? Yeah, well that it started off well. Uh, was enjoying it and then as the season went on, kinda Changed the shape a wee bit, went 4 4 2 and multiplied with two strikers, and I played sometimes out wide and uh, didn't really benefit the way, I, the way I played and the way I'd been playing uh, the seasons previously at Breakin when I was successful and doing well. So it uh, never really got the best out of me, and then that's when I, I drifted out of the team. Uh, the boys we were winning games, uh, and I kind of drifted out of the team, was playing here and there, and uh, playing uh, as a sub most weeks, and then I think I come on uh, towards the end of the playoff final. I think he'd put me on more or less because he knew he was going to penalties and he knew I had a good record at Penn. So I think that was the only reason I maybe got on in the playoff final. But it's, towards the end, I wasn't really enjoying it. And that was the, the decision that I spoke to the manager at the end of the season. I still had another year in my deal. And I asked if I could just tear it up because the, the fund had gone. Yeah, I wasn't enjoying it at all. But I was here for three seasons over, over two periods and two promotions semi-final uh, uh, the League Cup so if you look at that way it was pretty successful Yeah. Uh, the probably the worst part about it was when I went back the first season we we breaking uh, and some of the shouts like fair enough everybody gets abused playing football but there was one shout in particular that my uncle had just uh, passed away at leukemia and one of the shouts was trouting I hope you're the next one in your family to die of cancer and I was just like come on take fuck like there's <coughs> There's shouts and then there's just scumbags. So that was that was probably the, the hardest bit and one of the reasons that once I've been back, I've, I've uh, tried my best to, to do well down there. Mm. But you talk about your days at Breakin and Albion. Like obviously, Albion, you met Scotty McLaughlin. Like just sum up Scotty. Just obviously, I want to ask Marco about him as well. Just mania. Well, I'd been Brilliant. at Air and I'd been at Airdrie and Air with Scotty, so right. I knew the character was walking into the dressing room. And I think that team, uh, Albion needed them. Uh, it was quite a quiet dressing room. 
and Scotty just livened it up. Uh, 100 miles an hour, just wants to carry on, and he's, he's great fun. Uh, very good professional, still, still fit, you see yeah. the stuff he's doing now, just waking up randomly and running marathons, absolute madman. What a character, what a character. Yeah, I think you need that in football, I think. Some of the younger boys uh, probably struggled with him in the dressing room because he is full on, but it doesn't, it doesn't take it, it he's no meaning to heart, but if you know that, then but he can be he can be ruthless with some boys, but uh, some of the stuff he gets up to is, is hilarious. He told the story last week was which I think is amazing. See that I just want to ask you, Marco, about it. See the story with uh, Hutz with the minibus. <laughs> <laughs> See any day with Hutz. Hutz is up there with uh, Paul Kearney. Um, <laughs> just not no right in the heat. They're just daft people. See Scotty. Scotty was just he was my cup of tea. He was just <laughs> great fun in the dressing room, and he was harsh, really, really harsh with boys. And as Trout said, some boys probably couldn't handle him and thought it was. Folk would turn around and say, oh, that's brilliant. It was, no, it was just a great laugh. Uh, because see, when he went on the training pitch, he would definitely help him. And he was serious. He was a crap at shite on the training pitch as well. But he was, no, he was a great professional, but in the dressing room, all the things he used to go up to. Me and him were kind of thick as thieves, to be fair. We used to just, right, who were picking on the night? We'd go and get them. Just in the dressing room, just sit, <laughs> sit next to them and just destroy them. It was great. A great day. Big Bobo used to get it all the time. Remember Big Bobo? He was six foot five, built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He used to get him. <laughs> Used to get him and greet and all that and tell these missies that we were picking on him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was he, he was talking watching by what a player Scotty was too. Yeah. What a brilliant just midfield player. By the way, left and right foot, you wouldn't know what fit he kicked with. Uh, again, he was, remember I used to take corners with corners and swinging corners with both feet if you were comfortable. He could do the Rabona with either foot. Remember? <laughs> yards at the crossbar for really? Rabona. Like, nah, he was he, he was great, but what what a character. Again, that's one thing that there's, there's not enough left in the game. Guys like Scotty and just who used to brighten up a dressing room when things were going right, he'd come in and just he'd get it going again. And as soon as I say, he was my cup of tea because he was, he was always up to the same shit I was up to. So I, he, was, he was top notch. But Alan, you're on the Alawa now. Like, how, how enjoyable was that spell being for your career? Yeah, absolutely loving it. It's a, a very, very good club, <laughs> very well run, and the boys in there. Uh, are absolutely brilliant and very good players that should be playing at a higher level. So we've got a good, we've got a good max experience, boys. I think there's been a call there. Uh, I think maybe come in under under Jack Ross and then the managers uh, following yeah. on after Jack has managed to keep them. So it's a very good call, and then we've added some some good players as well. So we're doing doing not too bad just now. We need to pick up uh, a wee bit in the league, but I think I think we'll get there with, with the quality that we have in some of the boys. Brilliant. Uh, we we put the we put the feel out for some questions for the the fans, and we put some que- some a feel out for some questions for players that have played with all three guys, and we got a, a tremendous response as usual. But I just want to touch on quickly just a question I got for Scotty McLaughlin. Ask the boys about Ole and Barbuda. Just just, <laughs> just starting with that. Oh man, <laughs> but I think Barcelona was playing. Uh, I get another night that we were. Pretty, pretty sober again, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Scotty McLaughlin up to no good. But you go, Barcelona were playing, they were just keeping the ball, and it was brilliant. So, Scotty starts, Ole, every time. So, we would get the whole pub involved in shouting Ole every time Barcelona passed the ball. <laughs> but Scotty was just getting, all he was doing was getting vodkas, and he said every time the, the 
pass. I'm doing something good. Scott would just throw the glass up in there and smash it. He must have smashed about 352 glasses that night. And honestly, we were walking about and all you could hear was... <laughs> See, honestly, bouncers eventually put us out. The place was an absolute mess. But again, that was another one that he, he got involved in. He just up to no good all the time. And another one, in a, I think it was Mosquito one night. Uh, it was a big game on the TV. Aye, I was there for Mosquito. I wasn't at Balbuda, so don't don't uh, put me in that. I was Mosquito. Listen, I wasn't I wasn't like involved with him in Bad Buddha that night. I was just standing there with him, but he was the one smashing the glasses. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. uh, remember the game was over. I thought it was a massive game. And Scotty just kept uh, walking around. Night, and just he turned all the he just kept turning all the tellies off. <laughs> <laughs> And then the guy with the band would come in and put the telly back on, Scott would just walk up and turn the telly back off. Honestly, man, he was the most annoying human being ever when he was in one of the moods, but so funny. Brilliant. There's loads more like that with him, Jesus. Brilliant. Alan, the battle in Andos, what happened there? Uh, that was, uh, hopefully, the Higgy, Sean Higgins, watch, he's actually get flung about. Oh, <laughs> He get flung about the full Nando's. Uh, Higgy will hate this. He's so angry, Higgy, and he hates the fact uh, that Big Mac McMullen battered him uh, in Newcastle and Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just I leave it at that. I just, I just want Higgy to watch this and just, I just want everybody to know that Mick McMullen battered him in Nando's in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> How raging is he going to be when he sees this? Mate, he'll be fuming, he'll be texting me. I can't believe you said that, but I'm just telling the truth. He got battered in Nando's and he'd done nothing about it. He just accepted it. <laughs> did he just accept it, Charles? Just did accepted it, mate, and just, just uh, went up the road. <laughs> bad man, a bad man. <laughs> mate, see, after it, right? See, after like, the thing with Big Mac, right? so we're standing in a pub, so we've been, so our game is off the Saturday, so we've met in a, a pub in Coat Bridge at one o'clock, I think. Right, so and then the bus was booked for two. So that's been us one o'clock on Saturday. I'm sharing a room with Scotty, right? So and, and Big Pez and one of the young boys. So we've got a crate, mate. So we've had like two hours sleep up in the morning back on it. So this has happened in Nando's maybe about six or seven the Sunday night. So we've had like two hours sleep, mate. So after Higgy's been battered, we've, he's accepted it, right? We went to our pub. We went to our pub and they like Scotty and you know, that's Higgy. I can't believe you've been battered off a Big Mac, like just whispering in his ear. He's, he's raging, raging. So I've like, I'm so tired, so I've just gave out a wee yawn, and Higgy's like, Tows, who the fuck are you yawning at? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Higgy, what are you thought about? Aye, he just fucking yawned at me. Right, let's go. And I was like, Higgy, calm down, mate. That's how angry he was. He was angry with me saying that I was yawning at him. That's how, that's what his head was. Oh, he was absolutely fuming. And finally, just before we move on to the fan questions, hold 18, who's responsible for that? Uh, one guy, Brian Mead. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Mead, uh, was it the first leg of the playoff against Brecon? Playoff final? First leg, aye, first leg against Brecon. Uh, and he just wanted, like, we were to the last training session, he just brought in that like, we were going to, if, if, if Brecon got a wide free kick, somebody was just, I think I was to take the shout for I some reason. Aye, you, why would you, the most, 
I'm disappointed. <laughs> the most aggressive yeah, than me. So I should have just, just been concentrating, picking up the biggest guy. Uh-huh. Right, I should have just been doing my job, picking up and winning headers. <laughs> so basically he says, we're going to shout, hold 18, hold 18, and at the last minute we all run out. So, a wide free kick against Breakin in the playoff, uh, playoff final, wasn't it? Aye, first leg. Uh, hold 18, hold 18. Everybody runs out apart from one guy. The ball gets played in. They must have had about six guys or seven guys inside. <laughs> take a touch, pass it in the net. We're like, ah, oh no, why did we do that? Neither of us getting promoted because of that stupid hold 18 shout. Hold uh, 18! That's what Big Reed would shout for the side. Hold 18! <laughs> Who was it that stayed in? Was it Cancel? Uh, Ryan McCann, aye. 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 So Ryan McCann is a mooner basically, and I see him walking <laughs> up at clouds going, I think it might rain the night. Ball comes in, the boy, I think it was, was it Yanni that scored? I think, I think he went straight in for the free kick, Marco. I don't think anybody's touched it in the middle, mate. I think it's just like bounced in. But there could have been about six players that could yeah, have Yeah, aye, did that happen, aye. So aye, cheers for that, but listen, we pulled him out the, the water anyway in the final, so it doesn't matter. Who scored the winner? I mean, the moon man, Moffat. No, no, no. Uh, oh, did you score the first, Marco? Scored the first, you know, and then Moffat scored. Three pitch invasions in the one night. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. But see where we're on that, Marco. I just wanted to touch on the first question. Like, obviously, last week we talked about it a wee bit. Like, a lot of, a lot of folk asked us, like, do you regret not taking, taking Dino back to save your job at air? <laughs> <laughs> who asked that? Do you know? Do you know? That, that question came from who? DMK85. DMK1985. I wonder who that is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Now, to be fair, listen, see, see at the very end of my time at here, I actually tried to get Dino to come back. I needed, I needed an absolute dog. <laughs> dog breath. <laughs> I needed a horrible, horrible shite to come in and play in the team because the team was too soft at the end up. And uh, I wanted to get him back in, but I think it was a couple of weeks. I don't think he was fit enough or something like that. Two or few, three weeks later, I get end up getting the bullet anyway. But, <laughs> oh, listen, Dino, Jesus. We're not even, we can't even tell stories about him. We'll all get to jail, or he'll get to jail. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, DMK1985 has asked a couple more questions. Like, he asked a question to you, Aldo. Why did their manager sign Aldo as a number 10, then play him in the wing where he was less effective? Uh, I don't know, I think that'd be questions I was playing, when their managers came and watched me, I maybe started in the right, but I had that freedom to drift, and then when I, when I went here on both occasions, it wasn't wasn't really the way I was allowed to play, play there, so it, I wasn't effective as I should have been. Uh, but I think the other clubs that have proven that if, if I'm given that freedom, then, then I can do a half-decent job for the team. But I don't know why the managers... But, as I say, Rudy got his promoted into a semi-final in the League Cup and Ian McCall got his promoted for the season I was there. So, looking back, it was successful three uh, three separate, uh, well, two promotions in a, a League Cup semi-final. We were beaten just in uh, extra time at Kerry at Hamden. Yeah. I've touched I've touched in that with Moffat and Marco and it was it just seems it just seems to be one of the days that you'll you'll do you'll just regret for the rest of your days. Like would you can I go with that? Oh well I would to be fair, we get battled for the full game. We just sat in, we just camped in and we just if I think 
if we'd have got the penalties, we'd have been happy and we'd have took our chance. Uh, but uh, it was just an onslaught for the first first minute. But it was heartbreaking when that goal went in because you fought so hard and you've kept them out for so long. But then they went on to win it, so yeah. they beat the eventual winners. But it was it was a massive day, and obviously the rivalry, and it was it was great to play in. Uh, I think there was a good crowd there at Hamden that day, so it was a great occasion to play in. But uh, it's one of the ones you probably could regret. Maybe if we'd have had a goal, we could have maybe nicked it, or else uh, Kelly might have picked us off. We we opening up, so you just you just never know. Yeah. Final question from DMK nineteen eighty five. Who will remain? Who we, we don't know who this is, but shall <laughs> you get nothing else? Gold dust. He goes by gold dust. That's the name he's put when he writes it. What's the one bit of advice they would give to their sixteen year old self starting out of the game? Shankers, I'll go with you because that wasn't that long ago, was it? Aye, <laughs> ten years ago. Uh, what is one bit of advice? Probably. Keep yourself as fit as possible at all times. Like, because there's you can there's players with loads of ability and and maybe no fit, but there's also the flip side players with with no great ability, but but they are they are fit at the top of the game and and they're always playing at a high level, and that's probably one of the things I regret. No, no keeping myself at that at as good a fitness as what I was when I was sixteen, seventeen, and letting it go a wee bit. Yeah, Marco, what's your answer to that? Uh, young players need to be more patient with what the one thing I'll say about young players is they, they get a wee taste of it for one, two, five, six, whatever game it is and they think they've made it. Uh, they just need to realise that there'll be time that they have to sit out and they have to sit in the stand or sit on the bench and watch what's going on and try and learn the game for there at times because you can't play every week at 16-year-old and too many players get a wee taste of it and then when they don't play again, they go, they go into a cream pop for their attitude goes and their fitness levels go and it shouldn't be that way because if you if you do get a chance at 16 there's a reason for it you're good enough yeah. and there's obviously the abilities there so it's the other side of the game that they, these guys need to learn and as they say too many people are in their heads nowadays with agents and try to move them on after five games and they probably mm. get too much too soon uh, and I would say the attitude's the biggest thing for me they just need to realise that they will get there but they just can't expect it to be too quick yeah yeah. You just say my name if you want. Shankers <laughs> on there 15 like you. Don't worry about it. There's, there's loads of, listen, I had a wee boy at Queen's Park. Uh, wee boy Reagan Thompson who was, honestly, he was unbelievable ability. We ended up, end up sold up in Newcastle. We sold him in Newcastle for 50 grand. I think there was only like 25 grand add-ons and stuff like that. Just didn't go to school. All he wanted to do was play football. Uh, Got, I got him in, he wasn't allowed to put them in the first team until they got to 16. So, about, as soon as he turned 16, I'm still in the first team. Uh, he's, see, after about two or three couple of games, I just I left him out and put him back in the bench. So, actually, there, you put young boys in and you take them back out. His attitude just completely and utterly changed for the worse. And at the end of the day, I just I couldn't wait to get him out of the door because it just wasn't for me. I just I couldn't be bothered with it because he was, he's got so much ability, but he just he couldn't handle being sitting out the team. He was only just turned 16. And we had guys in there that had maybe played 150 games and he was expecting to play for them. So, again, it's the patience things with young boys. Because you know what it's like. I was there at 16-year-old exact team when you mm-hmm. get in, you just want to play all the time. But when you're older, you can actually use your experience to try to teach these boys that it doesn't happen as quick as that. And it shouldn't happen as quick as that because you actually don't learn your position as a young player until you've played about 50, 60, 70 games. And, and that, that's when you start learning your trade. No after two or three and think you made it. You know what I mean? So that, that, that's what I always say to, to guys who are when we're talking about kids, 15, 16, 17 year old. 
Yeah, that's a question for Mark Halliday. I just want to touch on this with Alan. Best moment at United? Yeah, definitely the I'd say the first the first promotion when we get promoted up at Brecon. Uh, I played most of the games that season, and then it was a great achievement uh, after being uh, struggling in uh, the first leg, and then we were getting beaten in the second as well. I think uh, we Taff came on for I think Lockie done his hammy. We Taff <laughs> came on and scored an OG. And then, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Marco and Moff scored the goals to get promoted. So that was a great feeling, as Marco said. Three earlier, three pitch invasions, brilliant. Uh, changing room was absolutely bouncing. And then it's one of the only times you don't mind uh, playing away to breaking for that bus journey all the way back to here. Uh, <laughs> we, were, we were looking, we were looking for diversions. We were looking for traffic jams just to stay that bus longer. <laughs> uh, so uh, what, what a day, what a feeling, and what a party we had. Brilliant. That's definitely the best day I had in terms of listen. I've played in playing teams at once. It's one cup finals. Playing teams. That's one. Was that me? Did you play the cannon? <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was other man's trout. Don't worry about it. Oh, um, right. <laughs> when leagues playing Europe, but see that day up at Brecon, never be beat. Never, ever, ever. It was just the best feel in the world. One 0 down, batting the door. Couldn't couldn't get that goal. And then see when see when I did score, it was like game over. It went one each other, that's it, it's all over. It was a matter of time before we scored again, and I say we had a, a pitch invasion when I scored. I remember lying at the bottom of that pile, and I was like, I, I clotheslined the guy, I scored the back of the crowd, I clotheslined, clotheslined the guy, the guy's lying on the ground, everybody's in top, all the fans, all the players, all I could smell was booze. It was reeking <laughs> in, that, in that huddle. Trying to lick his face. Oh, it was, it was, I like it was you. <laughs> I was big juniors three match I can't see who's reeking on there. <laughs> and then when Moff scored, there was another pitch invasion. And then when, when the final whistle went, it just happened again. And it's it live with me forever. See when I'm lying in my, my deathbed and I'm sitting there covered in pee and all that. Like, I'm still remember that. I can't, Your deathbed is that's how I met you in one up. That's the night. <laughs> 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 it's fine. It's memories. It's memories. And listen, you might not make millions of pounds in the game and all that, but you can. You you can maybe can take that away for you. It was the best day I've had. Yeah. Perfect. Next question. Ian Rob asks, how often does Mark Roberts whiten his teeth? <laughs> I don't whiten my teeth. No anymore. <laughs> I, I used to do that when I was younger, but I don't bother anymore. Brilliant. Another question with Marco I just want to touch on. Callum De Law passed. Does Marco regret not stepping down at air before it went horribly wrong? No, because they were paying my wages. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I don't care what Andy says because, see, at the end of the day, you're going to walk away from someone and, and, they'll, and they'll be able to pay for your mortgage. No. And, and I wouldn't give you the satisfaction of doing that. You always think you can turn it around. That's what I always say as well. But no, I wasn't going to let, I wasn't going to walk away from someone. If they wanted to get rid of me, they had to, they had to sack me. And Marco, see, on that, you're not seeing any other walk of life, any other job. Would somebody expect you to walk away? Never. But for, for getting paid, so I, why, why is football different? I've never understood no. that. In my eyes, Trout, isn't it different? And that's what I want to That's your job, that's paying your mortgage, that's looking after your family. So why walk away for that money? They've given you don't. the contract, you're employed by them. I don't get why, because of football, you should walk away. Yeah. Correct, and, and that's why I say, whoever, whoever asked that question, would, would he see if he had a, a, maybe had a couple of months loading his job right or having a bad, a bad time, things weren't happening for his work, would, would he just walk away so he didn't get paid again? Yeah, you've got to look at it that way and, and people say that all oh, fit was different it's no different it's a job at the end of the day it's a job especially you're not getting to go to as well 
Yeah, you know what I mean? Correct. He's going to sit, sit in the house for, for six months and wait the next one. Shankers, you're right. You're coming out and you're, you're walking out and it's not as though you're walking into another job. You're, right, you're, walking, you're walking out and unemployment and that's the bit that's it's difficult to take when you hear people asking questions like that. And I'm, I'm not having a go at the person that did ask it. it just, I, you've got to think about it from a, a, a human being point of view. Do you know what I mean? You're not <laughs> going to walk away for money. Certainly not. We, we obviously touched on it last week a bit like Scotty made the point about if you had Andy Mullen in a bit quicker. Do you think I would have made a difference? Like, I just wanted to add, like, what I took away from that is I just want, I, we, we spoke about it when we, we spoke in the interview, but I just want to kind of think, ask you just about that. Do you think it would have been different if Andy was in quicker? If I'd Andy in the first year, it was, it, it was, it was strange. Listen, it, Davey White, listen, I'm not going to get involved in the Davey White situation, right? Uh, when, <laughs> 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 listen, when I got off of the job, it was kind of, it was kind of part of it. Davey would come in as my assistant, but, there was no money there. After a few months, I was like, listen, I think we need somebody else. Uh, but there was no money there for the club to do that. So uh, in the first year, if I had Andy Mill in the first year, it meant I could have played on because I still had another year in me. Yeah. And me and Mark yeah. had a great partnership the year before and we were we, we done really, really well together. I think if if I was player manager and I could really date with an older, experienced, stronger head on the side, it would have worked. the first year would definitely work to an awful lot better. And don't get me wrong, it got better the following season. We actually done quite well. And then the third season, it was, listen, the budget was cut. It was really, really difficult. But getting somebody like Andy Mullins out in, in the first year would, would definitely have, have helped me. And again, I took, I took the job. I couldn't have turned the job down. That was another thing. You, I was 36. What do you say when they come to you? Nah, I don't want to take that. Because you, yeah. you don't think, you might not get another chance. In hindsight, I wish I hadn't. And I wish I'd maybe went in as an assistant or I'd maybe wait another year or two years or whatever. But, and that's fair, but you learn for your mistakes. Or, or you, you, I wouldn't even say mistakes. You just go and learn for the situations that you put yourself in. So and it was like a tough time to end up, but fair enough, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Just a, a few more. Shankers, this one's for you. What is your biggest regret in football? Uh, biggest regret? Probably, I touched on earlier, a bit no, like when you're no playing and that. Uh, Probably no keeping yourself ticking ever. And one, when I, when I left there, I had to, like, no, before I had the option to stay or the contract was up so you could go. And looking at it back now, I was probably selfish because I thought I was going to go elsewhere, going to better things when I was probably, when I obviously didn't. But so when you look back on it now, you think maybe should stay, try and get back in the team, and then who knows what can happen. So, so probably that. Because then eventually went on to go full time, which I've never. I had in my career, so that would all have been... Marco, how good a player was Shankers? Brilliant. We got him in the... Like, I played... Did you make your debut... Well, sorry, under me anyway. You scored up at Stenny, is that right? Uh, I, I was against East Stirling. That was against East Stirling. What, what, what a goal you scored. What a goal you scored. Put it right in the top corner. Listen, Shankers' ability was... That was near the issue with Shankers. And you'll be the first person to say it was probably being aye, aye, and, and getting stronger at an early age and being a wee bit more patient. Because ability-wise, listen, you can see what you've, you've still do when you're playing with Tal, but it's, the ability's brilliant. It's just the other side of it, and that's what we keep banging on to younger players, is you need to be fit. You need to always keep yourself on the top. Don't get lazy when you go away for, for the trip, especially if you're a part-time player. Two nights a week's not enough. You need to go and do more. You need to be doing three and four nights a week on your, off your own back. And a lot of players get kind of lazy, younger ones, and they think, oh, I'll just do my two nights a week and I'll play on a Saturday. You have to do more. Trout will tell you yourself. Is listen, if you're no fit, you'll not play at a decent level. And listen, that's one thing I'm really, really big on is, is personal fitness as well. So 
and Scott McLaughlin, we talk about Scott as well. You look what he's doing, even at his age, he's still fit as a fiddle. So, again, that, that's the one thing that young boys need to do more. Trouts, William David Neil asks, who is the biggest, who is the best trainer and who is the biggest mourner in training? The biggest mourner? Oh, there could be a few. Dad probably be up there as well. But at Aloha, uh, Stevie Harrington, by a country mile at Aloha. Stevie just, his head can go away. The manager being the referee, and Stevie will just slaughter him and just, I uh, just totally lose the plot. Uh, best trainer at Aloha, could uh, be a couple. Big Andy Graham, uh, he's yeah. just come back for 11 months. Uh, he was on Dev's door. He was on the operating table waiting, and then they found out that he'd uh, an infection in his spine, and then so they had to cancel the operation. And then with what he battled back for, see him back playing yeah. is incredible. And then the boys at Trainmail Tag, Boy Tags, Tags came here. Under under Reedy and Monte Hibbs, and uh, we were we were training. We were done. We were doing fives aside. I think it was like up kind of Richmond Park by the sides. And Tags had battled through. It was one of the bad wet uh, winters, and it had been snowing. So Tags had battled through the Cumbermould to get there, and we'd already started. And we these our Tags, uh, you're late. I've already done the teams, so I just got the road son. Right, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, he's just battled through a snowstorm to get here. And see, the thing was, see, in two of the five side teams, Weedy was in one and Scotty McKenzie, this isn't magic, was in the other. <laughs> so I'm just like, pull one of yourselves out. But they wanted to play five, so Tags was just sent up the road. But what a player Tags is, I, I can't believe that he's not playing Premier League. I thought when Goody get this long job, he was a certainty to take Tags. I don't see many better right backs than Tags is playing centre half for us just now. I think, I think he probably is better. He strolls it at centre half, but I think he's a right back. He should. He, he would easily be one of the best fullbacks in that SPL, and he should be there. Uh, so, aye. that's that thing I talk about: the, the amount of players doing it, uh, playing at a lower level, whether it's Championship or League One, they can step up. They just need that opportunity. And people are so scared to go down to the lower leagues and get players because there's loads aye. and loads of them that can go and play. That's why I thought it was strange, mate, when Goody got the job, because Goody would have worked the tags. I thought it was a certainty, mate, he would have, he would have took him, because his ability, his, his delivery for wide, he's so composed on the ball, he can run all day, he's quick. Good lad uh, as well, good attitude. Aye, uh, very good attitude, aye, uh, mate. So, as I say, I was shocked, because you see that Jack Ross, he had Boyd McGinn at Dumbarton, got him at St Merlin, took him to Hibs, so it's players he knows. Yeah. So I'm surprised, I'm surprised Jim never done that. Mm-hmm. With, with, with tags. Mm-hmm. See, on boys going for like part time stepping up. Do you know how lot it's today? We, like that, they've got a good job and they're making good money. So the two of them combined, they can't afford to sacrifice that to go full time because they're not getting getting a wage similar to to what the two earnings are making. Can yeah, I think, I think, I think that can be a problem for a lot of boys. I think that was a problem with I think with, uh, Big Rory, didn't he? When he was at Peterhead, he hadn't mm-hmm. finished his apprenticeship with the plumbing. And with his plumbing wage and then what he was getting, he was, I think he was getting ridiculous money at Peterhead at times. And I think he knocked back like the right likes of St Mum and I'm sure Dundee United as well. And they were desperate for him and he was like, well, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing my plumbing, I'm earning good money and I've got a family to look after. So I think at certain times in people's, probably in their life, depending what age they are, if they've got a half-decent job and then their part-time money, it can, for some clubs, 
they can't get near what these these boys are earning with the two weeks in Berlin, definitely. You're so right. If you go and get three hundred, four hundred pound a week uh, for two nights training and a game on a Saturday part time, you can be earning five, six hundred pound your race. Listen, that's good. You know, that's a grand deal. And and to get that at full time level at the level that, that the guys who have been playing part time. We'll never get a grand a week, so... Yeah, maybe a top six that. team in the FPL probably to try and get I mean, something like that. Teams like Clark, anyway. teams like Kelly can play, aye, so... And again, it all depends on your, your personal situation. Some guys might, if they're staying with their mum and dad, they can take the chance to go full-time for, for less wages. But uh, if you've got a house and a mortgage, kids, all that kind of thing, listen, it's, it's a big gamble, so you've got to take that into account. But the amount of players that in the lower leagues that are are good enough to go and play up. It's just, it's getting that opportunity. And a lot of them don't get it. They just, they don't get the phone call and it's a shame that. Yeah, definitely. Marco, what's your highlight of playing for Kelly? Eh. Woods, <laughs> <laughs> man. Just, just the, just everything about it was brilliant. Just playing at that level and just playing with some top, top players and all. See, get play, getting to play with guys like Burns and Stark, Duran, McCoy, McCluskey. All well, these guys on a different level. These these guys were top top players in the eighties, eighties and nineties, and even the eighties when Scottish football was at its height. I mean, these guys were stars in the, in the days. And, and again, to get the opportunity to play with them, playing in, just just playing in front of big crowds as well, going to Ibrox and Parkhead and stuff like that, and, and feeling as though that's where you belonged. And then you do you find yourself dropping down the levels as you, as you get older. But again, football is just brilliant. Whatever level you play at, see, there's nothing better than training. Training two times a week or five times a week and then going and kicking a ball about on a Saturday. There's not a better job. And yeah. I'll never look. I've played at every level for Premier League right down into the juniors now. And again, you still get that exact same buzz when you wake up on a Saturday morning you know you've got a game of football. So. Definitely. Right, Jonathan McMullen asked, we'll start with you, Trouts. Who's the best player you've played with and played against? Uh, best player I've played with quite a few. Marco, definitely. Definitely up there. I'm not just saying that because he's on there, but the more as I got older, uh, as I played with Marco, he was probably at an age I'm at just now, and I take a lot of things for his game, playing a similar position, just kind of off that that front man. Uh, as I say, similar age, uh, so you need, need to use your, your brain a lot more. And I definitely think back to the times I played with Marco and kind of stuff that he done, and the, the areas he got in, very intelligent, great finisher. Uh, great on the pens as well. So when he looked after himself, he was in unbelievable shape when, when I was there. He probably, probably still is, even though he's about 50. What is he now? <laughs> 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 he's, he's not changed. He's not changed apart from that horrendous tattoo in his arm. He's, he's got for somewhere. Him, don't worry, don't worry. Have you? Oh, uh, I, but, I, great player. But I, there's been a few, as I say, some boys at Alwa just now. Uh, as I said, I've spoke about them should be at a higher level. Uh, boys that I played with at Queen's Park who went on and had very good careers. Touched on Cairn earlier. Ketch went on, played majority of his career uh, in the SPL. So, so there's quite a few. A single, single one. Even going back to my early days, uh, you would, would you have played with Paul Harvey, Airdrie, Marco? No, did you play with Harv? Ginger, oh, Harvey? Ginger, Aye. Oh, oh, was it Man United? Aye. Mate, oh, what a player. What a footballer he was. Harv would have been mid to late 30s and I was breaking through at Queen's Park and there was times yes. in training and games you would just be in awe and you'd be like, how has he done that? And another one, great for a night out, but Harv would fall asleep in a night out, leaning against a pillar 
right? He would have a pint in his hand, and as soon as I mentioned for a tenner for a round, he would still be sleeping, go into his wallet and pull out a tenner for the kitty. What a guy, but unbelievable player, and Paul Harvey would be right up there. We all, we all know a few of them. I've got a pal called Charlie Adams, it's the exact same. <laughs> but no, no, by the way, Harvey was different class, by the yeah. way. What a player. Shankar, so who's the best player you played with? Played with, uh, just for, for where he came from, to, to what he has done, Moffat would probably be up there. See when like, Lauren Shanklin that was it, yeah, he's scoring all the goals and that, but I don't think Moffat got enough credit because he's the one that's doing all the dirty work, mate, runs in behind and that, setting him up. I think Moffat got to up there, Scotty as well, two foot it. See, actually, I was amazed that somebody just gone and taking t- and swinging corners with both feet so so comfortable. It's it's brilliant to see. Uh, Graham Wilson, I play with Auckland Lake as well. He could definitely play play higher than than what he is now if he wasn't there, just a clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to get everybody that I've played with up here for Marco so they don't have to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> we talked we talked in this Marco. Was it George still still George McCluskey? That wouldn't change. George McCluskey was the best forward I played with. He was he was top level. Again, this is a guy playing the seventies and eighties <laughs> playing massive European games for Celtic. But Burns was is an all rounder in terms of he was great footballer but Really, really tough. Uh, he was an animal in terms of his, just the way he wanted to play the game. He was a winner. Uh, but there's been loads of players. Durant as well, when he came to come on, a completely different player for he was when he played with Rangers. He wasn't in the box-to-box. He just sat there and played, but technically brilliant. Really, really clever. There's a guy, Christoph Cocard, who was an absolute yeah. smoke at times in terms of they just couldn't be bothered. But ability-wise, he, he was he's an international. He played with Cantona, with France and general and that. So... Shows you how good he was, but when he came to kill, he just couldn't be bothered. He just wanted to look like Buzz Lightyear and take his money and go to the road. But ability wise, incredible, absolutely magnificent. But there was a load, loads of good players. I would say that the all rounder was probably Burns, but McCluskey was the best striker. Yeah, brilliant. John Parkas, what do you think about the recent journey of Darvel? Marco, you start with that. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> aye, it's brilliant. I tell you what, at least you can go, you can go and sign with Darvel and get your phone charged. And you can go and you can go and play your game. You'll come out on your phones at ninety nine percent, hundred percent. John John Gold was in an interview talking about that. There, we there. Honestly, fucking god, man, why would you come out and say that? And I know John quite well. It's just been incredible comments. But for me, does it does it work in terms of they've got a lot of egos in that dressing room, and it could implode if things don't go right. And there's guys owing really, really good money and they're getting told, ah, we're, we're going to hurl for the day, but you'll just sit in the bench and maybe get 10 minutes. That'll not happen. The guys will just get, they'll just no problem with that. They want to go back and play senior as quick as possible, especially if the results don't go well from. And the way the, the way the league's all set up and the fact that it's, there's a likelihood that there's not going to be any promotion and stuff like that, it's, I don't think it will sit right with a lot of them. I heard a few of their interviews saying, ah, we're here to win things. Well, these are guys that can play in the championship and, and, and at the very minimum League One in Scotland and they want to go and play with Darvo. I just again I don't I don't buy in I don't I don't get that attitude. I think you should play as high up as you could possibly play for as long as possible. But fair enough if you're playing playing with somebody in the championship and you get a great offer for League One or League Two because it's it's great money. I maybe dropped in a level, but these guys are dropping down four and five levels and it doesn't sit right to me. I don't understand it, but Will it work? I don't know. You might be better asking Shank as well. He's been in the juniors longer. I, th- I think it's difficult for these players to go and 
win every game the way that they think they're going to win it, I don't think it'll happen. Trankers, do you enter to that? I don't need to watch what I'm saying because I might need to go there. Uh, if the money dries up, I'll hang it. So I'll, I'll <laughs> keep, my, keep my options up. I don't know if I can take a pie cut though, that's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, listen, there's teams in the past that have, that have tried to do it. Uh, listen, you, if you put money into it, they're obviously trying to, with the, the pyramid system now, they're obviously trying to go up through the levels and and that's maybe the way they want to go about it. Does it work? As Marco's saying, if you sign too many good players, it's like, he's signing good players just and then just putting them in the team and try to, try to like just get them in the living and then what play a team run about you know, all the good players. I don't know. It's it's a hard one to comment. I think you need to kind of... It's all, the league below, I have the new league got to, got to kind of go and win it. I think... Sean, because we're in that league. <laughs> Me, you and Ali Brun. <laughs> uh, I think if, if uh, the league goes back to normal and all the teams are in it for a full season it, it would be good to see what the outcome is at the end of the season that I would still fancy fancy your chances like. mm-hmm. definitely Trouts who takes me the breakthroughs player in Scottish football this season breakthrough player oh. uh, I, well, I, that's a great yeah. show Shankers that I'd Played against the Big Nizzy last year and he's at Dunfermline and I thought he was the best player in the league and I wasn't yeah. I wasn't surprised to get the move to Hibs and I think if he keeps up the way he's going uh, he'll be probably down south very very soon uh, because his all round game is very very good he's he's got everything you you would look for in a striker and I was I was surprised he wasn't in the last couple of Scotland squads I thought he would have I thought he would have got in there. Because Steve Clark's pro, uh, showed that he'll take boys to the championship when uh, when Shanklin was at Dundee United, he get he get put in. So I'm surprised that uh, that this season when Nisbet making a step up to Hibs, he's, he's not got a wee shot at the Scotland squad. When you see if like Callum Parson and stuff, that to me Nisbet's a better player than him. And I think he come on the other night, Parson up front and then get moved to right back. And then yeah, I mean so. For me, Nisbet's a better player than Parson. Parson's obviously a very good career down south and, and stuff. But for me, I, I that's a great shout for Shankers. Big boy yeah. Nisbet is a very, very good player. Definitely. Last two questions. Tommy asks, do you think folk will stop criticising Steve Clark for trying to make Scotland like an international version of Kelly now? Marco, you've obviously watched, <laughs> watched a lot of Marmot over the past couple of years. Like, What do you think now, Jink? Can a Steve Clark will get the, the recognition? It should, because we've been through six managers that couldn't get us to a, a national tournament. I, by all accounts, it's, uh, it's probably <coughs> a bit easier to get to these tournaments nowadays. But what he done at Kilmarnock was he went in there and, and made it as basic as he possibly could for the players. He, he, didn't, he, he didn't ask players to do things they couldn't do. And what he's done with Scotland is he's, he's probably back to a, a, bit of a more old-fashioned kind of style, which we need to play because we're not good enough to go and pass the ball the way that... that like some even Belgium and Spain and all these all these teams can do. You can't do that. We've got to play it for strengths. If we've got a focal point in Sunday like that, you get it up to them and you go and play a certain way and you go and work hard the way we did the other night there and make it hard for teams, which which we we have been doing. So listen, I he's Steve Clark's done a great job in terms of he's got Scotland a wee bit of an identity again and, and you can't get any criticism because he's got his to tournament. Yeah. 
Yeah, final question. I'm just going to it, it was embarrassing if they didn't get to Euros because they're actually making up tournaments just so Scotland can ah, get to the major tournaments. <laughs> making up the, Nations League and that just to get us there. The, Nan- the Nando's Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let's, let's, let's get two draws and a defeat in the Nando's Cup and you're at the World Cup. <laughs> Last question. Just want to ask. A few folk have asked this. Stephen Nicol, Mark Wilson's obviously asked this. We're, we're very good friends of the show. Yep. Uh, who do you think could come in and out of the 23 for the Euro squad in June? Alan, we'll start with you. Well, I would, as I've touched on, I would say the boy Nisbet has yeah. a great chance. Uh, he keeps up his form. He's scoring goals almost every week. I have playing at a very good level. So I would, I would say he's, he's got to be in the reckoning and get himself there. Mm-hmm. Marco? I'd go McCrory. Right. Uh, he's got a wee bit of everything about him. Uh, he's added... Goals to his game as well. He can play in loads of different positions. Uh, he's comfortable in the middle. He can play on the side. And if you play a certain way, he's he could even go back into defence. He's a big, strong lad. He's I listen. He's got an awful lot to, to offer. He's still a kid, but as I say, he's he's stepped up to the level of playing week in week out at Aberdeen. And again, that's again he could have sat there at Rangers and got a game and earned decent money. But he wants to go and play, and he's definitely one. Else I think we'll see in the Scotland squad very soon. Definitely. Shankers, who you got? I'll go Lewis Ferguson. For Aberdeen, I think he's probably arguably the hardest position to get in the Scotland squad. It's, they're very strong in the in the middle of the park, but he's adding he's adding goals and he's got a bit of kind of he's got a bit of everything. But uh, but as, as I said, those Rangers, uh, Rangers on the other side, there. Scotland are top heavy in the in the middle of the middle of the park with with a, a load of talents. So it'll be hard to get in the team, but. I think we like England and that they always took uh, took a couple of young ones, maybe inexperienced in the squad. And I think if Scotland's gonna gonna do that, I think Lewis Ferguson might be one of them. Definitely, I'm gonna go for Billy Gilmer. I just think Billy Gilmer, if he gets a run in the team at Chelsea, we saw the other night he's received red card. Hi, <laughs> rubbish, <laughs> wasn't it? Shocking. But I think Billy Gilmer. I think he was before he got injured at Chelsea. He was looking at what an absolute stack on it kind of breakthrough there but I'm going to go for Billy Gilmer that'll do so step in and play definitely at some very soon whether it's it'll be after the European Championships but you'll start seeing him getting in the team because yeah. you can't play at that level and no getting it <laughs> definitely right, it's, it's easy when you've got Werner and, uh, and players like that in front of you to play to instead of uh, Colin Parsons Tash <laughs> <laughs> the, the big Mexican is brilliant the other night there. I can't believe he took his sombrero off before he came on actually <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to get some back, huh? I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, the, the big guy came on and done a turn for his own own as a striker and then ends up right back. So, listen, he's, he's part of that squad, so we can't be, we can't give anybody a hard time over that. So. Brilliant. Apart from it looks like Mexican who's eating burritos. <laughs> Brilliant. But that'll do us for this week. Thanks very much to Shankers again for coming on. Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Alan, no worries. Thank you. Brilliant. You enjoyed your time on the show? Oh, well, brilliant, mate. Thanks very much for inviting us. As I say, made it easy for the uh, two boys that I knew, and it was a good laugh. Enjoyed it. Brilliant, mate. And Marco, just. Happy Wednesday. It's been, been on here for four days. Jim <laughs> <laughs> calls last an hour. We've been on here, honestly. God, I, I, I can't believe how long this has been. <laughs> I've just watched the Godfather trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, is that. Is that. Is that. Will you come back on? I'll come back on, but. Just, no, I don't know. 
You're, you're annoying me, Scott. <laughs> nah, well, okay. no, it's a, an absolute pleasure. It's good Brilliant. to see Shanker star face and great to see uh, the old Trouts there. <laughs> top boy, top boy. Brilliant. Thanks very much, boys. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Yeah, see you. Cheers.